Grace and peace and a prophet's reward. I'm Dr. Derek Henderson of the Prophet's Cave and the Prophet's Cave Institute of Prophetic Studies. Today, I, I want to speak to you about protocol. First, I want to welcome everyone for listening and thank you for listening uh, to the podcast uh, on the Prophet's Cave. And uh, I also want to uh, thank all of those individuals who are the students of the Prophet's Cave Institute of Prophetic Studies for uh, studying with me. Uh, we are coming to the end of the semester with a final exam that is coming up, which will be an oral exam. And uh, I want them to know, those of you who are listening, uh, that you are greatly appreciated. And I thank you for your patience in dealing with some of the lessons that I have given you. And I pray that at the end, when everyone receives their certificates, uh, that you will take the information that has been given to you and do what it says to do is in reference to your ministry, because that's what I'm here to do. And at some point, put me out of a job. And each and every one of you know what I mean by that, because that simply means that I have been effective and I have taught you to the point where you have outgrown me. That is what a true teacher does. Anyway, I want to get down to the topic that I want to speak to you about today. And uh, this happens to be about protocol. What has happened to protocol in the church? Um, something. I was speaking um, the other day with uh, one of the uh, individuals that attend um, the Institute and uh, we kind of got on um, protocol in the church and, 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 and how things have shifted away from the very focus of the church. Now, I know I've spoken about this before and I do have the tendency to harbor on things, but it's only because it sticks in my spirit because I see it so much. What we have to realize is that people are people. People are people. Now, as simple as we say that and as much as we know that, we also have to understand that regardless of where a person's stand is in the spiritual, they are still people. They are women of God and they are men of God. And because we are men and women and we live in this body, what essentially affects us first and foremost is our physicality. If it were not so, then the fact that we are spirits wrapped in flesh would be on the opposite side, or would be on the opposite side. And that would mean we would be um, flesh wrapped in spirit, which we are not. So now that we have that premise, when I think about service in church, I think about all of the things that has changed in reference to the occupancy or the occupants of the edifice that we call church. Because uh, just to put it out there, and we all understand this, that we ourselves are the actual literal church. One of the main reasons why uh, there's no need for uh, the temple any longer or the tabernacle any longer 
Old Testament is because we are the temple and we are the tabernacle. That's one of the main reasons why. So when we say church, and I'm, I just want to clarify this because I always go uh, through this in my mind, but one of the main reasons we say church is because we pegged the building as the church, but it was never meant to be that way after uh, Christ died and the Holy Ghost, the comforter that he sent here to live inside of us came to live inside of us. We became the literal church. God does not have to hover in buildings. He does not have an Ark of the Covenant to hover inside of. We are that. Anyway, let me move forward. One of the things that 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 gets me in reference to uh, us in the building, churches in the building, is that we have relaxed some protocols in the church that before time, beforehand, were actually good in maintaining a level of holiness and a purpose and a sense of holiness. Uh, let me explain this. I have a very hard time. Now, this is me. And because I'm a man, I'm going to speak from the perspective of a man. But when you go to a service and you go to church, if your desire is to go to worship God, if your desire is to go there to praise God, if your desire in church is to hear the word of God, you will be focused on those things. However, and can we be real? Because this is a conversation that many people do not want to have because there is an uncomfortability in having this type of conversation. Ladies, when I was growing up, the women who came to church never wore fitting dresses. There was a reason why they didn't wear fitting dresses. There was a reason why too much push-up in the front was frowned upon. There was a reason why skirts were below the knee. Now, I pastored a Pentecostal holiness church. I know the extreme of that. I know the extreme. But there's one thing that's lacking in the modern day church that wasn't lacking when I came up. And that was mothers in the church. And what these mothers did was they were the caretakers of the women in the church. They would be the ones that walked in accordance with the first lady that would say, mm, young lady, no, you, 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 you have to pull that down. Sir, you have, you have to pull those up. Honey, you got to tuck that in. You have to cover that. They would adhere to a protocol that helped to make it more efficient. The deacons, if a brother wasn't dressed 
correct. And I'm not talking about now, mind you, I'm not talking about whether or not a person comes in jeans nowadays. Uh, that's beyond, that's, that's beyond the pale right there. See, you have to, you have to be able to catch the fish, to clean the fish. If they're going to come and they're going to come like that, then I say, allow them to come like that. However, If you have a club, and let me just give an example. If I have a club and the club has rules and regulations in the club, you have to wear a particular uniform, okay? You have to adhere uh, to a uh, particular saying. You have to stand when everyone stands, sit when the, when the head person sits, must be there during roll call, then the reasonable expectation is that when you come in and you like it and you say you desire to be a part of it, that you will now come in and adhere to all of the protocols or the rules. The problem is that the church itself has become such a place where there are no rules that are given. So we let anyone come in, we love them, which we should. But then, even as they grow in Christ and they are continuing to walk with us, we won't say anything. We just allow them to kind of pick up on the stuff. Oh, let the Holy Ghost, you know, the Holy Ghost will convict them and tell them to change. We understand that. However, the issue with that is that the Bible says now, how we apply the Bible to that has to deal with how we love people, but it still is in the Bible, how someone must dress. And I made this point the other day. I made this point the other day. And the other day was that the Bible doesn't tell men how to dress. It tells women how to dress because there was an understanding. And first off, let me say this, that the Bible was written by, by uh, uh, it came from a patriarchal system. Okay, so um, uh, whenever we speak about the Bible, we're talking about the literal concept of men being the head. That doesn't change. The word of God has not uh, switched, reverted or anything. And I'm not saying that to say that, yes, ultimately. But this is the word of God. It was written from a perspective of the Adamic nature down to the Christ nature, down to Christ's nature. So it is going to be, and it is, okay, uh, 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 not uh, maternal, it's more paternal. So in saying that, when the person comes in, we have the Bible as the guideline. You desire to become part of who we are. There should be, if it is not known, a particular way to present yourself. Why would we not do that? Because the basis of this is this. I started this conversation, this podcast off with saying that men will be men. A man could be in the midst of worship, praising God and giving him thanks for everything that he is doing. 
He spots a woman that's in the congregation that has on a skin tight suit with everything poking out, raised up and looking very good. Because the, 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 the thing is, is that there isn't any other type of holiness that that will get in the midst of that, except for our visual acuity. We will see that. Now I had a brother challenge me one time. He said, well, brother, you know that, that, you know, I, I, if I'm in God, if I'm in Christ and, and I'm worshiping and I'm praising and I had to stop him. I said, I said, listen, I was in the midst of preaching in the pulpit. Most of the time when I begin to minister and the, and the Holy Ghost is, 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 is working with me, uh, the prophetic begins to flow through me in even a stronger capacity. And there was a young lady, very good looking, who was sitting, and the pulpit was pretty high, who was sitting almost directly in front of me. But her skirt was so high that from the angle that I was standing, I could see her panties. The question is, what could I do about it? Here it is. I looked at my wife. My wife looked at me. I looked at the young lady. My wife came over and covered her very politely. Why? Why was that necessary? Because I would not have continued to be able to focus. That's not what I was thinking about while I was in the midst of preaching. So no one can tell me that as a man in the midst of worship, that you would not be distracted. Ladies, if a gentleman is up in the front and he is speaking, he is the praise and worship leader, he is the choir director, he is whomever he is, and he has on one of the pencil thin suits and his package is up front. I don't care what it is that you are doing. If you spot it, even though you're not as visual as men, it is a distraction. Protocol. These things should not be taking place in the church because fashion is now, this is what we wear, how we do it, this is how we dress. Because the pencil suits that are very tight in the crotch area for men, that's what's, that's what's out there. The tight, the jackets are tight. Black men are built a certain way. Some of the clothing we should not wear. Black women are built a certain way. There are certain clothes that they should not wear in church. I'm not talking about wearing a dress that goes all the way up your neck and, 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 and a skirt that goes all the way down to your ankles. That's not what I'm talking about. You can dress 
however you desire to dress. That right there, the Holy Ghost is going to have to deal with you on that issue. But when you come into the household of faith, the protocol is modesty. Not only for women, but I believe for men too. Let's go here. Brothers, you go to church, you are dressed if you decide to dress up. I'm not saying that you have to have on a suit. But when you dress, you dress as clean as possible. If you're going to wear jeans, then wear jeans. They're clean. They cannot be down your hips and your drawers cannot be showing, young man. We think we don't need to say these things, but these things need to be said. By the time they get into the door, they probably already know this, unless they just don't care. Now they're there to try the spirit. We must love them. But like I stated, once they become a part of the thing, then things must change. And if they don't change, then if they desire to be part of the thing, then there has to be a conversation. Does the pastor have to have that conversation? Not necessarily because the deacons should be having that conversation because they are the keepers. The deacons, the deaconesses, the leaders, the elders in the church. Many of these things will not be spoken, and it's only because there is a reasonable fear that the individuals will leave. If someone gets so offended as to not desire, that, that, that desires to be part of a particular group of people, but does not want to adhere to the rules then there must be a thought process to think, if I've loved you, but I told you that if you want to be here, okay, this is what it entails, then they were not for you. Remember now, remember now the Bible says those that are with you are with you, but if they decide to leave you, they were never with you to begin with. They didn't want to be with you. These sort of protocols need to continue on because it is an impediment to the to the progress of individuals who desire to get deeper into God. We're constantly battling our physicality. We're battling sexual stimulation every day, all day, from the television shows to the social media to the to what's going on outside. Every day. Our minds are being overstimulated. Our bodies are being overstimulated. And the process of keeping holy is ever the more important nowadays than ever. A righteous man falls seven times. That's the word. But did he fall or was he pushed? Did he fall or was he compelled? Did he fall or was he coerced? These are questions. Who's the stumbling block? 
what's the stumbling block? Protocols. This particular aspect bothers me greatly because we have not dealt with it in the church. And then when we have dealt with it, we go too far to the right or too far to the left, but we never swing exactly in the middle because people get offended because how can you tell me how to dress if I'm coming in there to serve God? This is not the street. It's not the street. A woman can wear what she wants to wear on the street and not expect for anyone to say anything to her. And so can a man. If a woman decides she's gonna walk down the street half naked, the only thing that men who will oftentimes do this is look and ogle. But God forbid you say anything that she finds offensive. Let's look vice versa. Though it rarely happens vice versa. Because we know what happens. But in church, inside the very building, it is a different story. Because if you come in one way, you really should be leaving a different way than you came. But if you come in and you come in with the intention of looking for God, then the people of God that are inside of that particular edifice should have enough love in them to show you that God loves you through them and you may want to come back. And then as they want to come back, they will be more compelled to change what it is that they were doing. There may not even be the need for the conversation. What I'm seeing is I'm seeing saints of God that are part that have not changed how they dress, how they are. And it is a sad situation when we begin to look at it from that perspective. And this is holiness. Now, today I'm not speaking about the prophetic. This is just one issue of protocol in the church. I'm going to delve into another issue of protocol in the church. In which, because I am also a consecrated uh, bishop, I am part of the episcopacy. There's another part of protocol that has been totally almost eradicated that is bothersome because if you're going to do it, then do it to, to the extent that it's supposed to be done, but don't do it halfway. Uh, I have an expletive for the end of that half, but I'm not going to say it. Understand, there is only one way to be when you are in the household of faith. God had a requirement, Old Testament, for the way the priests dressed. But there was no requirement for those that were serving him on the outside. So leadership should already understand the premise. Leaders know better. God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. Yes, I know that 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 scripture is thrown up all the time. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. 
However, man looks at the outward appearance. And if you do something and become the stumbling block for someone to fall, now you become the issue. You're the problem. Because if your brother doesn't eat meat, why are you eating meat in front of him if your brother doesn't eat meat? Let's make those scriptures synonymous with one another. We have to be very careful. That is part of why I'm speaking about this. Now join me next week when I speak about protocol part two in which we will be discussing protocol in reference to leadership. Leadership. Especially from the perspective of the episcopacy and leadership in churches that are covered by bishops. God bless you. I've enjoyed speaking with you today. Uh, it's been wonderful. I, I want to say this. Um, each one of the platforms that I am connected to, which is uh, Facebook and, and Spotify, I want to thank those listeners who, who come on and listen to me. I will be more regular. I will be coming on at a regular time during uh, the daytime. More than likely, it will be about 12 o'clock uh, every Thursday, midday, like it is. And uh, it will be this. And I will also attempt to go live at some point. I, I, I'm not quite sure if uh, if Anchor uh, has that uh, at this particular time. I used to go live uh, a little bit when I was on uh, the other platform, which is Spreaker. But we'll see. Uh, listen, God bless you. And uh, may heaven continue to smile upon you. And before I go, let me just uh, say a, a, a prayer um, to those of you that are out here, because we're going through the situation that we're going through in uh, in this time with this pandemic and all of the situations that we're going through in our life, that there's people that we know that we, we desire to pray for. And so uh, just let us pray uh, within ourselves. And I just want to say a short prayer uh, for everybody. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for uh, everyone that is under the sound of my, boy, my voice, Father God. We pray, Lord, right now that, that you will continue to bless them. And if they have not been blessed, to bless them, Father God. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, that everything that they touch, Father God, will prosper. And we also pray that the things that they desire that is in their heart, that you will give it to them. But you know what they need more so than what they want. We pray that their families are covered, that their bodies, their minds, their health is covered. We pray for the fullness of joy, not just happiness, but joy is in their family and in their lives. We pray that their people, the pastor's people and their families that are out there, that are working now, are safe. They're well, they're healed, they're whole. And that the enemy will not come nigh to them. As your word says, Lord, 
No weapon formed against them shall prosper. And every tongue that rises itself up against them, you shall condemn. We pray for the churches, Lord. And pray that you will continue to have your servants preach your word continuously, without hesitation, and without compromise. Thank you for the gifts that you've given each and every one. And I thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are God. In Jesus' mighty name, we say amen. Remember, you'll be able to hear me every Thursday, 12 o'clock. I'll be coming to you with this podcast, Prophet's Cave. I'm Dr. Derek Henderson of the Prophet's Cave and the Prophet's Cave Institute of Prophetic Studies. I come to you also every morning with a prophetic word. Please tune in, like, share this, and listen. God bless you. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you.